And welcome back to the third episode of the Sideline Hoops podcast. How are you guys? Good, what about you? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. How about you, Shubham? Yeah, I'm also good. What about you guys? <laughs> That's so good. good. Just as. Yeah, I was like watching TV, my bad. Uh, yeah, so pre- preseason started up. Preseason started up. You guys watched any games yet? Oh, the Warriors game. It was kind of boring, though. Yeah. I watched the Raptors game. The Hornets yeah. one? That yeah. wasn't bad. You were watching Ophel Mello? No, I was watching for uh, OG and Anobi. <laughs> Good player to look out for. <laughs> yeah, MIP. MIP. Now I got to support her, Canada. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> All right, so um, today we're just going to be going through our um, power rankings of NBA teams. And this isn't necessarily a standings predictions because we're going 1 through 30, just the entire league. It's more so just the teams that we think are, you know, most likely to win the championship, I guess. And we're starting at the bottom going up. And um, we'll start with Shu and we'll just get it right into it. So, Shubi. Who do you have at number 30? Um, at number 30, I have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, for the reasoning, I don't think they've gotten much better from last season. I mean, they got Isaac um, Okora, I think, which he's actually a pretty, like, he's pretty good at defense and a, a athletic boost for them. But I don't think that's like much of, that will make much of a difference for a 19-win team last season. So that's what I have them at 30. Yeah. I mean, Isaac Okora, he, he, today in his um, preseason debut, he did really well. So. No, yeah, he did amazing today. Yeah, it's a bright spot, but yeah, they're still going to be near the bottom. Yeah, I think most people have them towards the bottom. But for number 30, I have the OKC Thunder because they really just, like, traded all their players. They don't have, like, a star anymore. They just traded all their players away for, like, a bunch of picks. It's clear they're preparing for the future, so no one really expects much from them. Yeah, I agree. I have the Thunder at 32. It feels pretty, it feels like they're fully just trying to tank and just trying to go for as low as a pick of po- as possible. And, um, you know, Shea's going to do great, obviously, because he's going to have the ball in his hands all the time. But after him, after, you know, you have George Hill, Al Horford, after those few guys, their bench really isn't that great. And today in preseason, they did all right, but you can't really expect that to keep going, so. Yeah, they're they're going from a surprising team making the playoffs last season to this, but I mean they always they seem to always surprise everyone. So who knows? Maybe they make the playoffs again. Probably not. But we'll, we'll just see how the season goes. <laughs> All right, should we? Who do you have? Twenty nine. Um, at twenty nine, I have the Knicks, and the reasoning behind it is um they lost. I think. Bobby Portis played amazing for them, but they lost him. Also, got Mo, Mo Harkless, Todd Gibson. Those are the players they lost. And, however, they added, like, Austin Rivers and Nolan's Noel. They're not bad players, but still, I, I think Knicks um, lack a lot of talent. I think they just got these players just to, like, uh, fill their roster, I guess. And, uh, yeah, definitely not going to be um, better than next se- uh, last season, I think. So, that's why I'm at 29. Yeah, I don't uh, know what to say about that. Yeah, I agree with what you said. So for 29, I have the Cavs. 
I guess it's pretty self-explanatory. Like, they really need to get rid of Kevin Love. I, I don't see why he's still on their team. And then they had the number five overall pick. They had Isaac Okoro, and he looks like he's going to be great for them. But, you know, they just don't really have much talent. So, yeah, I agree. I also have the Cavs at 29, and it's pretty much what both of you said. And I fully agree with all of them. They definitely need to get rid of Kevin Love, trade him to a contender maybe, maybe get a few picks back. You know, I don't know if he's worth all that. Anymore. Yeah, but his trade value's gone down so much. Yeah. I don't know why he's still on their team. Yeah, if they could have traded him after um LeBron left two years ago, they probably could have got a lot more. But doesn't yeah, he also have a big contract too? Yeah, he has a pretty decent contract. And then they traded for Andre Drummond last season for like they gave up nothing to get him. And it I don't even makes understand no why they got yeah, him. Yeah, it, it it makes no sense. I mean, they have um Colin Sexton who's good. They got Darius Garland who. They probably took too high in the draft, but he, he can still be a decent guard for them. And then Isaac Curl, he, he looks great. He can he's a great defender and if you can get his um shot creating up, it'll be solid. But yeah, I feel like getting rid of Andre Drummond and um Kevin Love could, you know, help their young guys get more touches, but at the same time it's like what do you get back in return for them? Because people like teams probably don't want to give up too much for either of them, so they're in a weird situation. Mm-hmm. True. Yeah, who's your who's your twenty eighth? So from a twenty eight pick, I have um OKC for the rankings, and the um, reasoning behind it is pretty um self explanatory as well. They've traded away almost all their good players, whether it be whether it would be um Chris Paul, Schroeder, Adams. And however they got George Hill, Horford, and Ariza, I mean, they're not bad players. But um, in terms of looking at other teams, I believe that this team won't get that far. And obviously, um, that's the reason why I have them at 28. So who I have 28 is the Detroit Pistons. And there's not much to say. It's They just don't really have much talent. They need um, Blake Griffin to stay healthy all season, but he's like, in my opinion, he's nowhere near as good as he was five years ago. So I can't really expect much from him being their first option. So, I mean, yeah. for for me, I have um, the Knicks at 28. And um, I think I can say this for all of us, all, most of these teams near the bottom, they're very interchangeable because it, a lot of times they can be unpredictable, like teams at the bottom. Like you can expect a team to be 15, like terrible, and they'll end up being a little bit better at 13, something like that. So, um, yeah, shoot, I'm having them last, I'm pretty sure, and then Grove is probably going to have them a little bit higher. But, yeah, there's not much to say. The draft will be hopping, who's going to be solid coming straight out after four years. So he's going to be an NBA-ready guy. Um, hoping R.J. Barrett can continue to improve, but I'm not sure, you know, how much better he gets. And But they do have Tom Thibodeau now as a new coach. And so who knows, maybe they're better than they were last year, but I think they got worse overall, mainly because of the uh, better competition in the East, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for my 27 place the ranking. Uh, I have the Detroit Pistons. Um, they just 
lack talent. I mean, uh, Blake Griffin alone won't be able to do a lot for them. So, yeah, no need to explain, I guess. It's just um, everyone knows. Just not that good and filled with um, below average players. So, they won't get you far. And that's why I have them at 27. Um, for 27, I have the Knicks. Um, they're like a very young roster. And like Shubham was saying, they lost Taj Gibson. But they added Austin Rivers and Merlin Snowell. Those aren't really bad signings for them, but, you know, everyone always expects, expects them to ha- sign a star player. But, like, that's what they really need. Or they need, like, some veteran players so they can, like, mentor the young players. Uh, they just lack talent, I guess. Yeah, I mean, either they need to get a good veteran or they just need to go into full rebuild, but... They hate doing both. And, um, yeah, for 27, I have the Pistons as well, Shubham. So, um, yeah, there's, again, not much to say. They have some bright spots. They still have Blake Griffin, who, similar to Kevin Love, I'm not sure how much they could trade him for if they look to trade him. Um, But, you know, they, they got Killian Hayes, who I personally think will be great. He struggled in his first preseason game, but, you know, that's expected. They also have Derrick Rose. As a sixth man, who we didn't talk about sixth man of the year, but I think Derrick Rose can be a very um, good pick for that award. But um, yeah, besides those two and Blake, there's not much to look forward to. Yeah, they're just going to be a young team trying to develop and just hovering around that bottom. Yeah, so for yeah, 20 for on 26. Oh. You can go ahead. Oh, okay, yeah. So for 26, I have the Chicago Bulls. And so last season, they won 22 games. And this season, I mean, they didn't get much better. They just got below average players. And also lost, I think, um, Chris Dunn, one of their best defenders. And, and they can be actually a pretty young team, but a young team actually isn't known for winning, especially like really young players. So a 22-win uh, team, I wouldn't expect much from them the, this season as well. So that's why I have them at 26. I'm at 26. I have the Sacramento Kings. And the reason is because they're basically like this. They didn't really gain anything. Like, I think they got worse than last year. Like, they have some some good things to look forward to because they still have Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox. But then... They lost Bogdanovich and Bazemore. So, like, no one really expects anything from them. They're still a pretty young team. Um, wait, Buddy Heald, uh, Jaron Fox, and Marvin Bagley can be – they can be pretty good. So, I wouldn't – I don't know about 26. Well, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll say I have them in that same area. But it's, it's just – um, the league itself is – very competitive and especially them in the West. So they are a good young team, but I don't know if they're a playoff contender yet. Like I don't think they're fighting for a playoff se- position this season. I think but um we'll, we need to see them develop more. Yeah. I mean we'll talk about it when we see we'll talk about it when we see who is shooting with them. But um we're on twenty six now, yeah. I got um the Hornets there and um Kind of like the 
Pistons, they have a young point guard to look forward to in the mellow ball. They also have Gordon Hayward trying to, you know, reach his way back to all-star. Maybe, potentially. Um, you know, he's definitely going to have the opportunity to, not playing behind Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Kemba Walker anymore. So, who knows, maybe he does come back to form, but, you know, I don't think anyone really expects that. He can still go back to a 20-point score, maybe, potentially. And um, that duo with him and Lamelo should be exciting. They also have Devontae Graham, who I can't remember if he won Most Improved Player this last year, but I should know. It, it was he did, Brandon he, Ingram. Yeah, it was Brandon Ingram, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Devontae was one of the three finalists. And, you know, he's a incredible shooter. That's something that people don't really talk about. He's one of the best shooters in the league, to be honest. And that's going to be entertaining. I don't know how Terry Rozier fits into it. I I kind of hope they trade him. I don't know, you know, who would want him though. So it's kind of tough. And then also PJ Washington. He he can PJ Washington and Mikhail Bridges. Both those guys are gonna be entertaining. So kind of like um the Kings. I was just saying they're a young team that in the future they can definitely, you know, make the playoffs. Give them two years, and I could see them in the playoff contention. And I know some people have said that they're potentially in the playoffs this season, but I personally just don't see it. Yeah. So, um, for 25, I have Orlando Magic. And they're the team, like, they've actually been looking for a point guard and they actually got one in Cole Anthony. But, I mean, when you look at them, um, overall-wise, um, with Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, it doesn't sound like a bad team. But I feel like um, the uh, how they lost... Jonathan Isaac is going to hurt them a lot because he was one of their best defenders. And I wouldn't expect them to actually do amazing this year. Um, obviously, they won't be a really bad team, won't be at the bottom, but wouldn't expect them to be at the contending for a playoff spot as well. So that's what happened at 26 or 5. So for 25, I have the Bulls. And the reason is they got a bit better than last year. Like, they got a new coach. They got Billy Donovan now. And they have their young players, Zach Levine, Laurie Markin, and Otto Porter Jr. So, hopefully, they'll be better than last year. But they just don't really have enough talent for the playoffs as of now. So, there's not much, like, expectation for them. There's definitely not really any expectations on them, but I, I do think they could potentially surprise some people. But um, for me at 25, I have the Sacramento Kings, and um, like Grove, they're in the same you know range, and they got a new um guard to play alongside um De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, who a lot of people were thinking could go top you know five potentially, and he ended up going 12. So that's a steal in their eyes. Um, and it definitely was a good pick. And, you know, one of the things with this team is health. Marvin Bagley's been injury-prone his first two seasons. But um, if he can stay healthy, as well as the rest of the team, there's potential for these guys to, you know, make some noise. I'm, like, again, I don't see them making the playoffs at all. I see them being closer to, like, a, you know, max. I could see them as a... 10, 11 seed, max. But still, they can make some noise. And um, to be honest, I'm expecting them to fire Luke Walton during this season. 
I, I can't see them keeping Luke Walton because before they mm-hmm. the season before they hired him, they were like a game off of the eighth seed. I think it was something like that. Their game out of the eighth seed, they were the ninth seed, and then for some reason they fired the coach. I forgot who it was. They hired the coach and hired Luke Walton, and then he just completely changed their roster. Like he made Gear and Fox play slow, and he's the fastest player in the league. Like it made no sense. So yeah. Yeah. The- the yeah. Kings had the lowest speed and slowest like offense in the league. Yeah, I, I definitely expect him to get fired, and yeah, losing Bogdanovich for nothing definitely hurts. So yeah, I mean maybe if he stayed, he'd they'd be a bit higher, but they still wouldn't be making that much noise. And they also added Hassan Whiteside, who maybe solid, you know, not the best player, but still a decent player. Yeah, so for number 24, I have the Charlotte Hornets. Um, for me, one of the most exciting teams to watch because of LaMelo. And uh, the addition of Gordon Hayward is obviously, obviously going to help them. And they actually have a solid core of Devontae Graham, Rozier, Bridges, Washington. I mean, they're not a bad team, but wouldn't expect them to like make a whole lot of noise. Obviously, LaMelo is going to bring in popularity for sure. But that's about it for that team. So that's why I have them at 24. Yeah, I agree with you. I also have the Hornets at 24. And LaMelo and Hayward are primarily like the players to look forward to. And then people expect LaMelo to win Rookie of the Year. So it'll be cool to see how that plays out. But yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs. But they got some good young pieces. They got good shooters. Yeah. um, The future. Yeah. I got um, the Bulls at 24. like I said, when um, Grov placed them, I honestly think this is a team that could surprise people, and I genuinely think they have potential to make the playoffs. And I know the East is tough, or tougher now with recent moves, but um, I genuinely think this team could make some noise because they fired the worst coach in the NBA, <laughs> and they got Billy Donovan, who has always been a good coach in Oklahoma. You know, that he was the leader of that OKC team that, you know, everyone thought, or what was it? They had a 1% chance to make the playoffs, and they ended up as a five seed. Like, he was the the coach of that team. And, you know, you have to think some of that winning will come over to this team. And I think guys like Kobe White, Wendell Carter, and Larry Markinen all are going to improve a lot, especially Larry Markinen and um, Kobe White. And then you have... um. Zach Levine, who's a great offensive player, he, um, you know, hopefully he can improve his defense with Billy Donovan, like a winning coach, motivating him to do that. But um, yeah, with those four as your core, they they're definitely a solid team, and uh, they have a really bright future. And I completely forgot to mention the fourth pick in the draft, Patrick Williams. He's, you know, he has potential to be great. Everyone thought, you know, he went way too high, but. You know, apparently Chicago was trying to trade down lower to take him because they really liked him. But, you know, if you want to, if you can't trade down to take him, may as well just take him instead of being forced to take him, you know, someone that everyone else thinks is good instead of you, right? So if they really believe in him, then, you know, we just have to wait and see, trust the process, I guess. But yeah, this team can surprise people, but I personally don't think they'll be in the playoffs, but they'll be close to making the playoffs. 
Yeah. So for number 25, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. 23. Isn't that 23? Oh, 23, sorry. Yeah, so on 23, I have the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they're a team who actually want to win, but their core, I feel like they have an amazing core. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. They can amazing trio, but their defense will feel like um, will bring a lot of problems to them. And I don't know if a team without defense will be able to do that well. I mean, your offensive superstars, I mean, Cat can give you 25 and nine. Dilo can do the same. But defense actually impacts a lot and, like, uh, matters a lot. So because of that, I feel like we're, they wouldn't be that high and it will bring them a lot of problems. So have them at 23. Yeah, I also have them at 23. Because, like you said, they have good young players. Dilo, Carl Anthony Towns, Edwards. They also added Rubio, who will be, like, a good, like, veteran presence for them. He'll be a good... good um, ball handler and hopefully Edwards can live up to the expectations it'll be exciting to see how they play and I think they can actually surprise people this season yeah true they can be really surprising if they actually play really good I don't I don't have them here but I have them you know coming up and at 23 I have the magic who I believe mentioned earlier and um, Jonathan Isaac I think hurts this team a lot because if he was healthy this season, I think they would be making a proper push for the playoffs. But now I, I, I don't know if they will, you know. But I do have them ahead of the Bulls, and I the Bulls can potentially surprise a lot of people. So it is the same thing for this team. You have Vucevic, who played incredible in the bubble. I think he averaged 28 points a game against the Bucks. It was something like that. And I know it was only five games against one team, but, you know, He's a very, very skilled center who's great. So, um, yeah, and then you also have Cole Anthony. You have Marco Fultz who's slowly looking better and better, you know, each month, each game. And then, you know, like you guys mentioned earlier, you have Aaron Gordon who's great. So, yeah. So, for number 22, I have the San Antonio Spurs. And I think entering draft night, they got a really good pick in the second round, Trey Jones. He can be an amazing player for them. And we know San Antonio is known to develop players into stars. And I feel like he can, if he's in the right system, to turn into an amazing player. And also, I think they also got Devin Vassell as the 11th pick. Mm-hmm. So um, he can potentially be amazing for them. And DeRozan and Aldridge are already there. But I feel like Aldridge getting older, Rudy Gay is there as well. But isn't like playing that well and DeRozan's obviously there DeRozan's just gonna do his thing uh, 22 points per game we know he can bring that but I feel like that's not enough and since they have players they're getting older DeJounte Murray is obviously gonna be amazing for them and he just uh, keeps on improving every season so there are some bright sides or bright players to like look up to and they can be exciting this season but I just don't see them being higher than other teams that I have so that's why I have them at 22. For 22, I have the Magic. And, you know, there's not much to say about them. Hopefully, we can see some of their young players step up, like Markel Fultz, because I know he's been pretty disappointing in the last few seasons. And he's unfortunately looking like he's going to be a bust. So I hope he can turn that around this season. And then they drafted Cole Anthony. I think he'll be a good fit for them. And, him paired with Aaron Gordon 
that looks like that'll be a good duo for the future. But yeah, they just need to focus on developing their young players. At um twenty two, I have the Timberwolves, and um it's pretty much what Shubham said. They have a great offensive team, but defensively they're they're terrible. They might honestly be the worst defense in the league. They're one of the top five worst defenses in the league. And um, not only do they have that trio that you mentioned earlier, but they also have Ricky Rubio. They also have Malik Beasley, as well as um, I'm forgetting someone. But they have a solid young team who can. You know, I know I've seen some people say that, oh, this team is, uh, you know, in the playoff hunt. But I personally just don't see that at all, to be honest. But you never know. They're a young team with potential. So, yeah, that's my 22. Yeah, so for my 21, uh, that's where I have the Kings. And I feel like the trio of De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley, and uh, Buddy Hills can actually make a lot of noise. And if Marvin Bagley can stay healthy, these three can actually surprise a lot of people. But I know his health is, like, a big question mark. But if he can stay healthy... Um, they can actually be scary. And obviously, as Harm said, they have to do something about about their coach. I mean, they have to probably fire him. That's the only way. Because a team with De'Aaron Fox can have the slowest offense in the or Yeah, slowest offense in the whole league. That just doesn't work. So if, he, if they can fix that, I believe, which they will, they can make some noise. I mean, so, you... I mean, I don't think it's unfair to have them at 21. It just, I don't think you could have said you, I thought you were going to be like their top 15, the way you reacted to growth. I don't know. I thought they just weren't that below like 25 or. I mean, you put them above what the Timberwolves, Magic, the Bulls. Spurs, Hornets, Bulls, yeah. I mean, it's it's debatable, but like, it's it's weird because. A lot of these bottom teams, like the bottom five, are all together, and like from twenty-five to like nineteen, they're all like together. Actually, no, from twenty-five to like twenty, they're all together, and then you get like other teams. So it doesn't really matter to me personally. So yeah, grow up year twenty-one. Oh, um, for twenty-one, I have the Spurs, and the reason is because. Their primary one and two options, Demar and Aldridge. They're like aging now. They're getting pretty older. I don't really see why they're on this team. I think they need to get rid of them and maybe try to like rebuild and blow up the team. But they did have a pretty good draft this year. And hopefully with their great coaching staff and their player development, they can do something with that. But I can't see them making the playoffs there. Just being a great team this year. Yeah, I also have the Spurs at 21, and it's pretty similar to what you said. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge and DeRozan are on the older side, but they're still, you know, great players. Um, and they also have um, one of my personal favorite players in the league, Lonnie Walker. I think they really need to play him more to get this, you know, full potential. They also have DeJounte Murray, who... I believe towards ACL last season, so we couldn't really see him. And then, like Shubham said, 
they drafted Devin Vassell, who played solid recently, but, you know, the main reason he was drafted is because of his defense. So if he can develop his shooting, he he can be a great fit for them. And, you know, it's, it's weird seeing them, you know, this high because talent-wise, you can argue some of the teams below them that, I, well, the teams that I personally have below them are better, you know, just talent-wise, but you still have Greg Popovich. And um, in the bubble, they also transitioned to a newer style of um, – you know, offense, and, um, you know, that worked pretty well for them. So let's hope that they can keep that type of offense going for them. Yeah, so for my number 20, I have the Pacers. And they're actually not a bad team. They'll, they'll have Oladipo, Malcolm Brogdon, Sabonis, Miles Turner, but I don't think it's a championship core. But obviously, they can make a fight in the East. And um, they didn't, their bench is actually – not really good. I mean, they have Justin Holiday, Cassius Stanley. Um, none of those guys will be um, will get any minutes on a championship team. So uh, I just TJ feel like, Warren. yeah, TJ. TJ Warren. Mm-hmm. But still, I feel like uh, none of those guys will get any minutes on a championship team. So, and the core that they have, it's not bad, but it's not a champ, not a championship quality core, and also it's also not better than any of the other teams that I have above. So just because of that. I mean, they can for sure make a fight in the East. I'm not saying that they can, like, surprise me and a lot of people. But I just don't see it happening. So that's why I have them at 20. Yeah, I mean, you think TJ ain't going to get minutes on the championship team? That man was playing, like, 88 MJ for, like, five games. <laughs> so, shit, I was thinking about McConnell. Damn it. Um, that was a few games. <laughs> I think he still averaged, like, 18 points. I'll double-check. I'll double-check it. Pardon? I mean, before the bubble, sorry? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll I'll double-check right now. TJ Warren averaged 20 points last season. Oh, wow. On on 54% shooting. And he's elevated his game in the bubble. Yeah, okay. I I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But that's still... um, I wouldn't put them... Above the other teams that I have, I mean, one person, I don't think TJ Warren makes that much of a difference. So. Okay, girl, who's your 20? So, for 20, I have the Grizzlies. And I have them here because they have a pretty good young players. They have Jaron Jackson Jr., John Moran, Dylan Brooks. And last season, we saw a great season from John Moran. Like, we saw him on the number one option for that team. And I think he's going to step up his play and become even better from that. And since they surprised a lot of people last year, I don't really know, like, what to expect of them. So, yeah, that's why I have them around here. Hopefully they can be even better. I have, um, at 20, I have the Atlanta Hawks, who made massive improvements in um, the offseason, especially in free agency, landing um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, or no, I mean Bogdan. And um, yeah, they, they made also Chris Dunn, and they also drafted Onyeka Okongu, who I personally believe is one of the best prospects in this draft. And, you know, you're adding that on to your core of already Trey Young, who's, you know, a top 25 player in the league. You have John Collins. Clint Capella, Cam Reddish, 
uh, Kevin Herter, Kevin Hunter. So, um, you know, a very, very young core besides, I guess, um, uh, Clint Capello. But um, this team, you could definitely make a case for them to be higher, closer to 15 than here. You know, I don't think they go any much, you know, higher than 15, but I think I do have them uh, as low as they can go. And it's purely because I'm still not sold on that team defensively. Like, Clint is a solid defender. And then you have Chris Dunn, who's going to be decent. Uh, I also forgot Rajon Rondo. So, you know, they definitely have a chance to make the plus. And before a certain move that happened recently, I would have had them in the playoffs, but um, Anita's team made a big move that I think changes that. So I, I have them as the ninth seed and at 20 in overall power rankings. Yeah, I think Chris Dunn will help the defense a lot. I'm pretty sure last season he was like, had the third best defensive rating among point guards. Yeah, he is a really good defender, but, you know, defense among guards and especially shorter guards, it isn't as valuable as defense from bigs or versatile wings. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, you can't protect the paint if you're, you know, a 6-1 Chris Dunn. And also Chris Dunn, you know, he, he's not going to be getting as much playing time as you'd yeah, hope true. because you're playing beside um, – he's playing behind, I mean, Trey Young as well as um, their shooting guard that they acquired. For some reason, I'm blanking on his name, but um, we all know who we're talking about. And then, yeah, they have those two starters. They also have Kevin Herter as well. So it's going to be tough. They also got a lot of players, which, you know, I noticed someone says, can't remember who, but they have so many players that could genuinely start, or not start, but be role players on, like, playoff teams that it's going to be weird seeing how they maneuver with it. They also added DeMille Gardinari, so, yeah, it's definitely going to be weird because they have, like, 11, 12 guys that are, can all be good pieces on, like, playoff contenders. So, it's weird, but, yeah, they can definitely go higher, and if someone is telling me, you know, they're 16th, I, I couldn't really argue with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for my number 19, I have the Hawks. And all the reasons, I mean, just mentioned all of them, have a great team. They're actually filled with really, really good players. And as you said, they can actually be role players in any championship team. Um, the addition of Rondo, Gallinari, Chris Dunn, um, the rookie, Onyeka, would actually help them a lot. And I think um, they've obviously improved a lot from last season. But as you said, their defense um, is actually still a question mark, I don't think. They're not a great team defensively. However, um, addition of Chris Dunn will help a lot. They're not terrible either. Yeah, yeah no, not terrible. You're true, true. Because Oneka is actually one of the best defenders in yeah. the draft, I think. Yeah. So that will help them too. But that's if, if they can, if they can get him enough playing time at center, I think they could end the season with um trading Clint Capella. To be honest, and yeah, I know that's that, I they just got Clint, him. Yeah, Clint Capella might get traded. They, they yeah. might like experiment with him and see how it goes. Yeah. That's the thing, though. They ha- he hasn't played any minutes alongside. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Maybe he's a great... Maybe, yeah, maybe he's really good alongside yeah. Trey Young. True, yeah. true. You know, you, but at the same time, you already have John Collins, who's his, um, you know, pick-and-roll partner. So, mm-hmm. you know, Clint Capella was a good pick-and-roll partner with Harden. But then it's, 
you know, you can have, I guess, two pick and roll partners, but yeah. doesn't always work. But Clint Capella is still a very solid player. So we'll see how it goes. So for 19, I have the Pelicans. And the Pelicans, they'll be an exciting team this year. We'll finally get to see a full season of Zion and Lonzo. And they showed that they can be a great duo for the future. And hopefully we'll see Lonzo be more aggressive this season because he proved he can be a good shooter. We just need him to, like, take more shots and, you know, just look to score more. And they have some pretty good young players. Like I said, Lonzo, Zion, and then Ingram. He was, he was a very good player for them last year, winning most improved. And we know he's just going to get better from there. Mid-All-Star team. Yeah. That was, that was like a great improvement for him. And then they also got Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. I completely forgot about the Steven Adams trade. Yeah. So I think that'll be good additions for them. That'll be good for their defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at um 19, I have the Grizzlies. And um, yeah, I, I don't feel there's too much to say. Last year, they were, you know, a few possessions away from making the playoffs. And if there was no play-in game, they would be, they would have been in the playoffs. Sorry, but um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really feel like there's much to say. They didn't get really worse, but you know, they added some solid rookies. They added Desmond Bain, who's solid, but you know, you can't really, you know, he's not gonna be a game changer or anything. You gotta hope Jaren Jackson can be healthy because I think right now he's injured. And he's supposed to be out for a decent bit. So you got to hope Jaws able to hold it down till then. And, you know, they didn't really get rid of any key players. So just stay healthy, keep developing. And, you know, I could see Jaw making a run for, you know, All-Star. I don't think he'll be in the All-Star game, but, you know, he'll he'll be putting up All-Star-like numbers, in my opinion. So, yeah. The Grizzlies can make a race for the playoffs, I think. I think they can make a race, mm-hmm. but I mean, with this placement, they're 11th right now for me in the um, seating in. Yeah, I kind of have them around the same part. Yeah, is I can't, I could see them making maybe a push for nine, but there's nine teams that you would feel like make the playoffs, right? Any other year, there's every single one of those nine teams make the playoffs, and one of them obviously can't. Mm-hmm. So but if Ja can and Ja and Jaren can have like amazing seasons, obviously yeah. it's possible. And then after that nine, you also have the Pelicans. You also have the Grizzlies, who are the main. Besides those nine, I think those are the main two that have a chance. Yeah, true, true. Because after them, you have you know the Spurs, the Timberwolves, the Kings, those teams, and I don't really think they have a chance, but they they could move up. Mm-hmm. I really do think it's between um the Pelicans and Grizzlies for that playing game. True. Well, and obviously one of those um bottom playoff teams. Yeah. So, and the reason I was talking about playoffs is because um I have 
the Grizzlies next for my 18th spot. And the reason for that harm, I think, discussed everything almost. They have great players, John Moran, Jaron Jackson. Um, I think they don't need to um, just focus on anything else. I think the player development of those two will just um, make that franchise go really far. And I think uh, in the draft, they also got some really good value players. Um, Tillman and Woodard can actually help them a lot. And uh, maybe off the bench, they can be great assets. And I also feel like if um, Ja and Jaren can actually play really good, if the bench can support it, they can make a race for the playoffs. But it's really unlikely that they make it. But, I mean, in the NBA, anything is possible. Anything can happen. So, I guess um, we can we can count them out of making the playoffs. Go so for, I thought it's 18. 18. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, 18, 18, sorry. Yeah, so for 18, I have the Wizards. And the reason being is because <laughs> they have Rust and Beal, but we don't really know how that's going to work. And it, besides that, they don't really have much other talent. People don't expect much from them. Like, I can't see them being a playoff team with their roster. But who's people? Like, everyone. No one expects I, them to go I, for it. I don't know if I agree with that, because I feel like the mainstream, you know, media, they see Russell Westbrook, they see Bradley Beal. So I feel like most people expect them to be a playoff team. I, th- I think I've seen, like, a lot of people say that they're going to be... Wizards are goaded. The top six seed, you know, I've seen people say that. I don't agree with that because I also have them at 18. But that that's the main, you know, I think the main um, medias and, like, you know, the average NBA fans' prediction is that they'll be, a, you know, closer to, like, a five seed. But I disagree. I think they will. Plus, you put Russell Westbrook on a team. You know, I, I um, you know, I'm known to hate Russell Westbrook a lot even though I don't hate him. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. Um, yeah, you do. Russell Westbrook is one of the best floor raisers in the NBA. And this is honestly the lowest I could see the Wizards being. I can't see them being much lower than the 18th speed. And you put Russell Westbrook on a team, I can't see them missing a, the playoffs just because he's, he's still an amazing you know, talent. So you put him up in, like I said, floor raising. He's great at that. He'll raise your floor. You'll never be a low seed when you have Russell Westbrook. He can take players that are bad and turn them into salt, like decent players, right? And or he'll make them look decent. And um, I do think they could be a little bit higher on that list. But I personally, when you're looking at power rankings and you're looking for championship, right, it's different from um a seeding, right? Because if you're if you're looking at seeding, then yeah, you can make an argument that they're a seven seed or a six seed, right? But when you're looking at like championship, I said Russell Westbrook's a floor raiser. He's also, I don't know how I would say it, but I, I don't know how I would say it, but he's a ceiling capper, I guess. You know, he, he makes your ceiling lower. But like Rolf said, it's a very interesting experiment with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, two very high-volume players. So, yeah, but they're in this range. 
Yeah, but it'll be interesting to see how Beal and Russ will work together. Yeah. Because you know, the thing about the Rockets last year, like Harden and Russ, I don't think they were a good duo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but with thing Beal is, like taking a lot of shots, I don't know if they'll be good together. Yeah, but thing is like the Rockets got Russell Westbrook, and there was all this hype, all this expectation, and you know I was one of the guys to be like, you know, this team is not good. Well, I didn't say they weren't good because, like I said, you have James Harden, you have Russell Westbrook, you're gonna be good, but you know they're overhyped, and I think that's what this team is. I think they're overhyped, and. I personally believe that Bradley Beal has become overrated purely because he was playing on a team with no other, you know, scorer. You know, that's what Shea, like Shea's going to have this year. They're gonna, He's going to have a team with no other creator, and he's going to be able to put up, you know, 25 points a night. You know, Beal was able to do that on uh, 30 points on high volume, and I think he's become overrated just because of that. And I think he'll come back down to earth this season with Russ. But... Yeah, I, I do think they'll make the playoffs, though. I disagree with Grove on that. So you're oh, 17? How are you laughing at that? <laughs> <laughs> what? Please, why is this guy laughing? <laughs> what? What's funny? What's funny? I was on Instagram, and then <laughs> someone posted something about Kyrie. He was like sitting down and then Dame was like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in that. No, I was in and that. And then a guy in the comments was like... Uh, <laughs> moments before Kyrie started <laughs> levitating. Like, man, just say, man, just say you're 17. <laughs> just say you're 17. Okay, yeah, so for um, my 17, I have the Pelicans. And I think... How they lost Drew Holiday is going to affect them a lot. And um, Jaleel Okafor, I think, got some minutes on that team last season as well. So they lost him as well. I mean, he didn't get a lot of minutes, but still got enough minutes to make some noise, I think. And Ingram making the all-star team last season, I believe. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So I think he's just going to improve. And Lonzo hopefully uh, improves, plays well. Zion, I mean, rookies are... Usually, they just improve um, from the first season going on to the second season. So, they have an amazing team of um, core of young talent. Steve Steven Adams, Zion can have an amazing um, front court. Help them help the Pelicans a lot. So, just, uh, just because of that, I have them at 17. For my 17, I have the Atlanta Hawks. And the reason I have them here is because they got some great pickups in free agency. They got Bogdanovich. They got Chris Dunn, who will be a great defender for them. They also got Rondo, who will be a good mentor for their young players. He'll be a good ball handler for them. And then they also got a great draft pick as well this year. Maybe I can see them being like an eighth seed, but then they really need their rookies to prove themselves and step up. Like Hopefully Cam Reddish can be better and play to his expectations and John Collins and all their other rookies. But it really depends on how their role players play. The, the, in the East, the 7, 8, and 9 race between the Wizards, Hawks, and um, Pacers, I'm assuming we all have, um, is going to be entertaining. So, 
Yeah. Um, at number 17, I also have the Pelicans. Same as Shubham. And um, honestly, the main thing I want to say is I feel like a lot of people are underrating or maybe not underrating, maybe underestimating how good Zion already is. Because I've seen people say, you know, he's a like next season he'll be a top 30 player and everyone's like dismissing that like it's impossible but in reality Zion in you know in the little amount of games he played he averaged 23 and 10 I believe I'm gonna double check that right now but Zion is a generational type talent and yeah he averaged um 23 and 6 so in just 24 games and in the bubble he looked bad like really bad and it's just because of his cardio but assuming you know I know it's a big assumption because it's always been a worry but assuming he is fit and healthy I really think he's going to be the best player on this team even though Brandon was an all-star I think Brandon will still be an all-star caliber player, whether he makes it or not, that's up in the air. But you have that. You also have Lonzo Ball. You also have Steven Adams. You added Eric Bledsoe, who's a great defender. You still have Josh Hart. You drafted Kira Lewis Jr. I'm not sure if you guys know who that is, but he's a very speedy point guard. And um, their point guard situation is very interesting because now you have Lonzo, uh, Eric Bledsoe, and Kira Lewis Jr. So it's going to be weird to see how he's you know, how that plays out. Some people are saying that maybe they trade Lonzo, but I personally want to see Lonzo with Zion because that was very entertaining to watch uh, in the bubble. So, yeah, I think I think this team, um, I want to say they're clearly better than the Grizzlies, but at the same time, he's, um, at the same time, he's great. So, um, yeah, the Grizzlies are great. So, and they surprised everyone last year, so it's it's gonna be interesting. But um, yeah, I have them at seventeen. Chubum, who do you have at sixteen? Yeah, so for my number sixteen, I have the Houston Rockets, and I feel like losing Russell Westbrook is gonna hurt them because, as we know, how good of a player Russell Westbrook is, uh, he's an amazing talent, always makes the team better that he goes on, and trading Russell Westbrook for John Wall is like trading for a worse Russell Westbrook. So it's not going to help that team. And I'm not sure about Boogie's health and also um, John Wall's health. So if they can stay healthy, obviously they can make, uh, they can be a really good team with James Harden. Um, as we know, James Harden, MVP caliber player. But I'm just not sure about the health of John Wall and uh, Boogie. Because, you know, Boogie recently has been going through a lot of injuries. John, same thing with John Wall. But if they can stay healthy, that team can be scary. And they can for sure make the playoffs if they, they can stay healthy. So it's just about a matter of health for me. So if they, if I was like 100% sure that both of them can be the same players that they were before, I would have them way higher than this. But just on the basis of health and looking at that team, um, the bench bench and everything, so I just have them at 16. So for 16, I have the Indiana Pacers. And I feel like they can be a good team because they have Brogdon, Old Depot, Sabonis, like all underrated players. They also have TJ Warren who just played incredible in the bubble for a few games. 
And if he's like even half of what he was in the bubble, then I think they can be a good team. Maybe they can sneak into the playoffs. And just hopefully Oladipo can be healthy. And we never know. They could do well. Yeah, we also have the pace of the 16. And um, I think this is just a team that always goes under the radar just because they don't have any, like, flashy names. You know, no one really, you know, it's a small market. They haven't had a big name since Paul George. You know, Victor Oladipo was an all-star, but, you know, eventually got injured. But like Rolf said, they just have a lot of really, really good players. And um, actually, sorry, they had an all-star this year. They had DeMontis Bonus, who definitely deserved that and is a great player and their best player. And you also have Miles Turner, who you left out. So, yeah, I definitely think this team makes the playoffs. They won't make any noise in the playoffs, but they'll make the playoffs. There's a slight chance they miss it to Washington and Atlanta, but I, I definitely see them as a seven seed. Yeah, so for my number 15, I have the Wizards and the addition of Russell Westbrook. It's going to help that team a lot, as Harm said. He's a floor raiser. He makes everyone around him better. And as you can, um, they're actually, it's actually proven that his teammates always do better whenever um, he, whoever he's played with, that person's always done better. better. That's not true. Um, Victor Oladipo was an all-star without him. But he got better. Um, I mean, learned a lot from him by staying with him. So uh, mentorship actually matters James as well. Harden became an MVP without and, him. When he was an MVP before, he was an MVP no. before him. No, James Harden. No, yeah, he was an MVP before Russell joined. I was talking about OKC, but okay. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, but OKC uh, Harden plays. As I'm, a six joking, I'm joking. I'm oh, joking. Okay, Calm okay, down. Okay, okay, okay. Well, KD had the best season without him, so yeah. Because KD was on a good team. <laughs> okay, fine. Go talk. And KD won MVP. I'm done talking about Russ. Go. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So um. Addition of Russell Westbrook is going to help that team. And we know Bradley Beal can give you a 30 and night. He's that type of a player. And Russell is obviously going to make that team a lot better. And I'm, both of them, both of the players are actually known for being healthy throughout the season. So I feel like they can obviously be better than the Rockets. And But I'm not. it's not like 100% that they will be better. But, I mean, I can believe that I actually like Russell Westbrook. So I hope he does well. Really, really hope he does well. And, yeah, that's what happened at 15. Might be a little biased, so, yeah. So, for 15, I have the Rockets. And the Rockets are kind of weird this year because they still have James Harden. But their future is pretty uncertain because it's clear that he wants out. He doesn't want to be on that team anymore. And plus, they lost some key pieces like Robert Covington, Gerald Green, Austin Rivers. The list goes on. And they also got DeMarcus Cousins and John Wall. But it's clear that those guys are like not the same players they were a few years ago. So I think if the Rockets want to be a good team, they need a better bench. And this is probably the last season for them with Harden. If it doesn't turn out well, He's, they're most likely just going to blow up the team and head to a rebuilding. At um, 15, I have the Jazz. Now, the Jazz, um, I think this is the lowest they could possibly be on this list. I definitely think you can put them a little bit higher, but not you know too much. 
is right in the middle of the pack at 15. But um, this is a team that was, I believe, the sixth seed last season. And um, they didn't really lose anyone notable. It's mainly just the rest of the West got better. So it's really tough not having them in the playoffs. I personally don't have them in the playoffs. But when you look at the West and the teams that got better and the additions that they made, it's kind of hard. There's only really one team that you can argue, and both of you guys already mentioned it. It's the Rockets. Um, but I personally don't think that this team is better than the Rockets. Now, in terms of seeding, I think they can um, be better. But this is, you know, it isn't a seeding video. So even if they do get the eighth seed, I personally still think that the Rockets would have a better chance at playing against the higher level teams. But that's just me. So what about you guys for 14? For 14, I have the Jazz. I feel like um, they're not a team that for sure won't make the playoff. Obviously, they can make a run for it, but Pelicans, Rockets, Suns can actually um, be some big hurdles for them to cross and actually be competition. But I feel like, um, as we saw, Donovan Mitchell, he averaged nearly 36 points um, last playoff series against the Nuggets. And Mitchell right now, I feel like one of the best players to start a franchise with, so he's an amazing player. And the uh, I think before Bo- uh, Bojan was injured or was out for the season, Jazz were, I think they were on the third seed, I'm pretty sure, last season. So him being back, Derek Faber, Jordan Clarkson being back, a healthy Mike Conley. This Jazz team can actually surprise a lot of people, including me. And they have the defensive player, the Yerudi Gobert. So Jazz can be, they, they can actually be a really good team and really high chances that they make the playoffs, according to me. According to me. <laughs> I think the highest they can go is like a eight or seven. Yeah, they're not like really high. No, I I think they could go higher potentially because no, I I yeah. no because when you think about it, the West is so tight; it'll be all split by like a game. That's true. That's right, true. so they could be a game higher than like four teams. But we don't know about the Rockets, though. I like there's still like a question mark for me, just because of the health. Yeah, can... I mean, as like I said earlier like all of us agreed on this, teams are just going to be in the same realm. Like, it's not like you are set in stone at this one yeah, place. You're, yeah, that's you're true, in the yeah. same area. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Girl, what about you, 14? For 14, I have the Jazz as well. And it's similar to what Shubham said, but um, they signed Mitchell to a long-term deal. They re-signed Clarkson. So they still have their their pieces there. They didn't really lose too much. And then they exceeded the expectations last year, which was great. And if they can play like they did last year, I think they'll make the playoffs for sure. But they probably won't go as far as they did last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have the Rockets just one spot above the Jazz. And the pure reason for that is you have one of the seven true superstars in the league in James Harden. And... You know, I feel like James Harden has also become slightly underrated now. And it's like, when you think about it, the one guy that was closest to beating the Super Team Warriors was Harden. 
you know, he took them to seven games. Um, and he also took them to, well, he took them to seven twice, actually. So it's um, very interesting, the situation that's been going on. He clearly doesn't want to be there. But assuming he stays, I do think they make the playoffs. There'll be an early exit unless they can do what I was talking about, the Jazz, get a fifth seed and be just separated by one game, which, again, is possible, just being separated by one game. But, yeah, I do think they make in. Just from the preseason game that we saw, they only played a little bit, but John Wall looked good. Like, he looked really good. And Boogie seemed decent. You know, you don't really expect a big man like that to come back from major injuries well. But I think he's going to be decent. And then you also added Christian Wood, who, after Drummond got traded, played incredible. So you have those four guys. You also have Eric Gordon still, and you still have P.J. Tucker. You lost Robert Covington, but, you know, you made up for it with Christian Wood. So I still think they're a playoff team. And if not, they'll miss it just barely. Yeah, about once you said they took the Warriors to seven twice. Wasn't it only once? Yeah, maybe, I, I think the year after it was six only. It was six, yeah, it was six when KD yeah. was hurt. Okay, so for number 13, I have the Phoenix Suns. And the addition of Chris Paul is going to help that team a lot. As we saw what Chris Paul did in OKC, where he took that team to. Uh, no one expected them to make the playoffs and how all of a sudden he turned them into a playoff contending team. So the addition of Chris Paul will help them a lot. We we already know how Devin Booker is an amazing talent. DeAndre Ayton, amazing big for that team. And also Dario Saric, I think, um, can help. Uh, is uh, really important for that team. So um, Mikel Bridges as well, I believe, is on that team. So they have a lot of young talent. And if you're combining it together, it can be an amazing team. And under the leadership of Chris Paul, we're just going to see the young players get better, and that team's obviously going to improve a lot. So I have them at 13. Um, I agree with you. I also have the Suns at 13. And like you said, CP3 will make them way better. Like he, He's proven to be a great leader, and CP3 and Booker, I think that'll be a good duo for them. And then they lost Kelly Oubre, but I think the signing of CP3 was so good that it'll make up for it. And then they also added Jay Crowder, who's a good defender for them. And hopefully we see, what's his name, Aiton. Hopefully we see him take a step forward this year. Yeah, for um, 13, I actually have the Raptors. And um, I know every year, every Raptors fan says, you know, every year that we sleep on them. <laughs> and, um, you know, I've seen some Raptors fans being like, oh, yeah, we're still a top team in the East. And I just don't think that's true at all. They, last year, they were a second on exit. Although, yes, they did um, take it to seven games. I still just don't really believe in them. And they got... I don't think people realize how much worse they really got. They lost Serge Ibaka and Marcus You lost your two big men, your two main big men, and your two main defensive players. Like, they are probably the two most important defenders, which is a 
massive hit to them. So yeah, I think this is a year they kind of start to not fade away, but because they still have Siak and they still have Larry, who are both great, you know, top thirty-five players. And um, yeah, and you still have Fred VanVleet as well, who you just signed to um, an extension or re-signed, and you also have Norman Powell. So it's going to be interesting, but I, I just think they're getting worse from last year. Okay, so for my number 12, that's where I have the Raptors. And I agree with almost everything that Parm said. Um, Fred Van Vliet and uh, I believe if Fred Van Vliet and Norman Powell can keep their shooting the same way that they did last season, the Raptors will get far. And obviously, um, a team with Seattle. They'll get far? How far? far? as in, like, uh, in the playoffs, like, there'll be a higher seed. Like, what do you mean? Like, you, you think they'll make the second round? No, as in, I was talking about standings. Okay, like okay. Farms, oh, yeah, 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 place of the standings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are so, a regular yeah. season team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, and also Aaron Baines can be a nice filler at center. It wouldn't cover up for Ibaka and Gasol, but, I mean, it's not a bad choice. So... That team, it's not bad, and we know how Raptors are a regular season team, so for sure they will make the playoffs. And in the play, um, in the second round or in the playoffs, I wouldn't, or in the first round, I wouldn't expect that much from them. We know unless they, they get a higher seed, because if they're able to get a higher seed and face off against one of the lower, yeah, then they can possible. knock them off. So if they get can but get like a two a, seed again, a seed, getting a higher seed is possible for sure, though, as we know how the they play is, the regular season. Similar to the West, the East got better this year. So, it's, it's going to be tough. <laughs> but, again, it's, it's they're a very surprising regular season team. True, true, yeah. But losing your two defensive anchors, that's really tough. So It's not yeah. going to have a huge impact on their defense, I believe. I mean, but yeah, it's, it's what I said earlier, like... And- your big men's defense is way more important. But maybe they can get a replacement with Aaron Baines. They got Aaron Baines, right? Yeah, they got Aaron Baines. Yeah, so maybe he can fill it. But, you know, we all know. Yeah, wouldn't, yeah it wouldn't not, be a big nothing filler, like, He's nothing cover like. Cover up a little. Yeah, he's nothing like Marcus Gasol or Serge Ibaka defensively. Yeah, so Garov, what about you? For 12, I also have the Raptors. But the thing is, they can probably be interchangeable with the Suns. But the thing about the Raptors is they haven't really been the same since Kawhi left. Like, I know that they've been doing well in the standings, but in the playoffs, we they were pretty disappointing. We saw Siakam, like, just he didn't live up to everyone's expectations. And if we want the Raptors to go far, we need him to play more, like a first option. And like you guys were saying, they lost Ibaka and they lost Gasol, so that'll be pretty bad for their defense and also a thing that you guys didn't mention is Lowry's getting older now so they don't really have like much of a much to look forward to this season as opposed to like two years ago yeah in terms of the young players they really just have um Siakam who isn't even super young I think he's 26 maybe 27 they also have OG Anobi but that's really it well 
Well, I was going to say Terrence Davis, but I believe they waived him after his incident. But yeah. Um, it's funny that you said the Raptors and Suns could be interchangeable because I actually have the Suns at 12. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, you guys covered it. You have you add Chris Paul, a top 15 player in the league, a guy that everyone said was washed after his final season in Houston. Everyone was saying, you know, oh, he's done. He's being way overpaid. And he proved everyone wrong. He was the leader of, you know, that OKC team that I know I already mentioned, but they had a, what, 1% chance making the playoffs, and he led them there. He, you know, taught Shea in his first, you know, real chance. You know, he let Shea lead the team in points. He, he let him do that. And they went to a game seven with the Houston Rockets. And, um, you know, it's kind of disappointing that they didn't win that series. But at the same time, compare it to what the expectations were before the season even started. That's not a disappointment at all. So, and in terms of the Suns, they went 8-0 and in the bubble and somehow missed the playing game. And if they can play anything like they did in the bubble and add Chris Paul, that team is going to be dangerous. That team is going to be scary. And they could – I don't know how much higher they could be in this because looking at the teams I have ahead, it's, I can't see them being too much better, but it is possible. It's definitely possible. But, yeah, I have the Suns at 12. Yeah, so for number 11, I have the Sixers. And every year, they disappoint me. Last year, I thought they were going to be one of the best teams in the league. They were going to make an amazing run in the playoffs. But um, that didn't happen. I expected too much from Al Horford. expected too much from Harris. But on paper, this team still looks good. The addition of Seth Curry, Danny Green, Dwight Howard, um, Terrence Ferguson, I believe, as well. So that's going to help them. And they lost Al Horford, but he didn't provide much for the team. So he was just there. Well, they didn't really lose him. They traded him for Danny Green. Yeah. So that's just like uh, it's losing someone. I mean, yeah. trading away. So yeah, and um, so it doesn't make that much of an impact for the team for um, losing Al Horford because sometimes he started, sometimes he came off the bench. So he was just there because Al Horford. I mean, he's a name in the league, so just want to give him minutes and see how he plays. But swapping him with I think um, Dwight Howard, not not exactly swap, but signing Dwight Howard would actually help the team because we saw how Dwight Howard played on the Lakers wasn't amazing a veteran and how he helped the team so if he can keep that up um Seth Curry shooting will help them Danny Green shooting will help them because they needed shooters after after they lost JJ Redick so that would for sure help them but still I believe that um they're known for being disappointing um they, they were really disappointing last season but hopefully hopefully this season they prove people wrong and actually play amazing basketball and go far in the playoffs because Joel Embiid, we know he's an amazing talent. Ben Simmons, amazing player. So hopefully they do really well this season and shock people. So that's why I have them at 11. So for 11, I have the Golden State Warriors. And the thing about the Warriors is that I'd have them higher, but unfortunately, Clay got injured again, which really dropped them in the power rankings. And the thing about the Warriors is we don't really know what to expect. Like, if we want them to be a top team in the league, we need Curry to play like his MVP self. But 
I don't know if he will. The thing about Curry is last season, even though he only played in five games and it's not really a big sample size, he played like not very good in those games. Like if you look at, he only averaged like 20 points per game or something like that on pretty bad efficiency. And today in the first preseason game, he only shot three for 10. And I don't know how good he can be because the team around him, it's like nowhere near as good as they were in like 2016, 2017. And he'll need like good players around him to be like, to take the Warriors to like the top two, top three seed. So yeah, they don't really have like a good bench or good shooters. I want them to be good this year, but I can't really see them like going to like the third round or the finals. Maybe they'll be like a first or second round exit. Yeah, I I kind of I see where you're coming from, but I personally disagree because they're saying that you don't know. I don't know if you really meant it, but saying that you don't know how good Steph can be with a bad team, I, I kind of disagree because although, yes, they don't have shooting around them, which is going to be kind of concerning, you still have great or very solid players around him. And it's a really weird team compared to, you know, um, you know the Warriors of old with a lot of shooting. So it's going to be weird and it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird saying don't play without Clay. And um, I, I will admit when they had Clay, I had the Warriors as a top three team, but they did drop. But for, I don't have them at number 11. I, number 11, I have the Trailblazers. And it feels really weird having them here because. Wait, can I say something about the Warriors yeah. before you go in? The thing is, Curry and Draymond have been kind of disappointing in the past year. Like, even though Curry didn't play much. With with Steph, like, I know he didn't play good, but he played five games. Like, it's not as good of a sample size. If we get, like, ten games into the season and he's not playing good, then, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll know that he's not the same anymore, I guess. And with Draymond, I feel like he is a player where – if you put him alongside good players, he'll be good. But if you put him alongside bad players, he'll be bad because he's kind of the opposite of a Draymond Green. He isn't a floor raiser. He's a ceiling raiser. You mean Westbrook? Yeah, yeah. He's he's not a floor raiser. He's a, a ceiling raiser, right? So th- that's the thing with Draymond. But, yeah, I, I think we'll just have to wait to see, like, maybe two, three weeks in to see how this team does. Yeah. But then, yeah, for 11 out of the Trailblazers, and like I said, it feels weird having them here because this team, I personally, I look at them and I'm like, this team can genuinely make, you know, a run. They can make a deep run in the playoffs. And even with that said, I have them at 11. which just kind of goes to show how stacked the NBA is this year. But, yeah, I don't know if there's much to say. They made um, the playoffs after Dame got bubble MVP with his insane performance. And Dame really did have an underrated season last year. And I think he's going to have an MVP 
type of year this year. And, um, you know, they have potential to be a, you know, potential four seed. You know, who knows, maybe they shock the world, maybe they become a top three, top two seed. You know, I don't think it will happen, but I think it's possible. Because now you have um, Nurkic healthy for the full year rather than um, last year when he was out all the way up until the bubble, which is when they played so well. So you, now you have Nurkic and Dame. You also have CJ still. And you had Robert Covington, an incredibly versatile defender. And you still have Gary Trent Jr. You add um, Derek Jones Jr., a versatile defender again. And so this team got a lot better. And um, yeah, I genuinely think they can make a run. I don't really have anything negative to say about them. Okay, so for number 10, I have the Warriors. And losing Klay Thompson was a huge blow for that team. But in an effort to replace him, they got Kelly Oubre. Um, I think Andrew Wiggins was already there. So, I mean, they're not bad replacements. I mean, they're not really bad players. Um, they can be a really good fit for the team. But that team will lack shooting. And with Steph Curry, I mean, his health is always a concern for me. I believe that an injury-prone player. But if he's healthy, we know what he can do be an MVP caliber player so as long as he's healthy and he's on the court I believe the Warriors can be one of the best teams in the league so and also the shooting is a concern but um, Andrew Wiggins and Kelly Oubre aren't the type of players where you would just leave open um, they're not horrible shooters and uh, the addition of James Wiseman will also help the team get a, have a good center with a defensive mindset so it can help the team a lot so I have them at 10 or 10, I have the Portland Trailblazers. And this season, we're expecting a great season from Lillard. And they don't really have anything to lose because we know Lillard's going to be staying there for a long term. The thing about them, however, is they need to work on their defense. But a positive is that they got Robert Covington this offseason, who's an underrated player and good defender. So... Hopefully they can go far. So yeah, I don't really know how they'll do this season, which is why I have them at 10. Um, for me at number 10, I have the Philadelphia 76ers and kind of what Shubham said, I've, I'm someone that always has high hopes for them and I'm somehow always disappointed. And they honestly missed their best chance back in 2019 when they lost to a Game 7 buzzer beater by Kawhi. That Philly team was honestly great. And when you think about the years that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid played the best together, it was it was that year, right? It was the first time they got out of the first round, I believe, um, together as a pair. And that's when you have J.J. Redick and Dario Saric, two great shooters. You have Jimmy Butler, a shot creator. So, um, and obviously the loss of Jimmy Butler hurt that team last year, but I, I'm going to be honest, when they got Al Horford, I really, really thought that that team was going to go to the finals. <laughs> like, I'll openly say that when the season started, I thought they were going to the finals. And they lost, they got swept in the first round. And yeah, Ben Simmons was hurt, but they still were going to lose in the first round to um, Boston, probably. 
But Daryl Morey came in and changed the entire complexion of this team. They got Seth Curry, one of the best shooters in the league, top five shooter in the league. They got Danny Green, who's an inconsistent shooter, a very streaky shooter, but when he's on, he's an incredible shooter. And um, yeah, you lost Josh Richardson, you lost his defense, but you still did great this offseason. It's definitely a positive. And we recently saw Joel Embiid talk about him getting a personal chef and he's trying to take care of his body more. So that's a great, you know, it's a great thing to hear. And obviously, we're hoping Ben Simmons starts shooting, but he probably won't. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do think this team um, can make the second round, but I'm I'm scared that we're gonna be disappointed again with the first round exit. But yeah, that was number ten. So for my number nine, I have the Blazers, and I think Garv covered everything. Um, Dame and CJ, they're gonna be there, and the addition of Robert Covington, gonna help their defense a lot. And also Melo coming off the bench, we saw a little glimpse of it uh, for the preseason game and how he had an amazing game. Yeah, he played so great. If he can keep yeah, if he can keep that up, I don't know, maybe sixth man of the year, Melo. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, it, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully that happens. So yeah, I have them at nine because of that. So for nine, I have the 76ers. The thing about the 76ers is they've been kind of disappointing since 2019. But, you know, their offseason proved to be a positive this time around. They added Seth Curry and Danny Green. And the thing about the 76ers, though, is I feel like this might be the last season that they should stick with the duo of Embiid and Simmons. Yeah, if it doesn't work, they should change it. Yeah, if it doesn't work, I think they should rebuild. And I feel like the only way it'll work is if Simmons actually starts shooting the three ball. We really need him to start doing that this year. And maybe they can get farther. But after they lost Jimmy Butler, I think their hopes of a title like went down a lot. After they lost Jimmy Butler and gave Al Horford and Tobias Harris ridiculous money, that's when it went downhill. Yeah. It wasn't only Jimmy Butler, it was that on top of it. But um, these last three picks, all of us have changed around because at number nine, I have the Warriors. And um, I originally had the Warriors at 11 behind both the 76ers and Trailblazers, but I kind of thought to myself, like, they still have Steph Curry, who I personally believe is the second best player in the NBA. And it's kind of how I was saying the glove. It's a very weird season for them, a very weird team, a weird fit, but you have five guys in that starting lineup and Steph, Kelly Uber, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond, and James Wiseman, who are all very, very good at, you know, at minimum. You know, Steph's a superstar. Draymond, alongside Steph, is great. You know, one of the best defenders in the league. And then you also have Eric Pascal off the bench. You have Nico Mannion, who you drafted and can potentially do something. I believe you have Kai Bowman. So you just have these guys that, you know, can do something. And I think that the they won't finish as high as the Blazers, 
in the standings, but I think they have a better chance at the title purely because you have Steph Curry, and he's a proven winner, you know? So, yeah, but these last three positions we've all had swapped, and, you know, I can't disagree with you guys having the Trailblazers there. 76 is above them. Okay, so for number eight, I have the Dallas Mavericks. And the Mavericks, they had an early exit in the 2020 playoffs. But in that exit, Luka showed what type of a player he is, averaging like 31, 9, and 8. And had, had numerous games with, I think, 40 points. And the reason I have them at 8 is because they'll have to start without Porzingis, and he's rehabbing a torn meniscus. And I don't know if he'll be he'll come back like 100% healthy or not. And also they added, I think, new pieces, such as Josh Richardson is also there. That's going to help them. And if Porzingis comes back to his old self, and is still the amazing player that he is, then I think Mavs can, I can put them a little higher. They can, they can be interchangeable with the teams I have above. But I think it's just Porzingis' health. He's, he always gets injured and just a really injury-prone player. But if he can be healthy, and I think Mavs can be a really good team. So for my number eight, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. And the reason is because they had a pretty disappointing. You have the Clippers at eight? Yeah. Yeah, that's surprising. <laughs> okay. The reason is because they had a pretty disappointing season last last year. They also lost Montrez Harrell, and they didn't get a playmaking point guard like they needed. And then they also re-signed Paul George, like they extended his contract. And the thing about him is he hasn't been the same player since Indiana. I don't really have high hopes for him. And I don't understand why they traded their whole future for him. I think this is like the last season for him and Kawhi, that duo, or else Kawhi is going to leave. But I don't know. I don't think he can be the second star for that team. I mean, don't you think Ibaka, the addition of him, can help them defensively? That can cover up for Harrell? I think he's better than Harrell. Yeah, that, yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's a good signing for them. But then, they like really need a point guard. And I I do I do agree basket. with that. I, yeah. I do agree with that. They but, don't really um, have a leader as well. Like, yeah. they need like a strong presence on that team in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I agree with that. But I also think that Ty Lue is a much better coach than Doc Rivers. I never thought Doc Rivers was a good coach, to be honest, because he's. This is the third time he's blown a 3-1 lead. No other coach has done it twice. He's done it three times. But that's, like, when you think about it, that's insane that someone could do that three times. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's the one thing they really need. But when you still think about it, they were the second seed in the West. They blew a 3-1 lead, which I don't expect to happen again. Again, it could happen, but I... You can't really expect that to happen again. Also, Harold played terrible in the playoffs, which attributes to it like he was god awful in the playoffs because he came back after not playing for how many months? Because um, I think he was out of the bubble for, because of I think his grandmother passed away, which is you know obviously very sad. But he wasn't able to come back and get the proper training. He was out of breath all the time, and he was terrible. And Serge Ibaka is, in my opinion, he's a definite upgrade. He spreads the four more. You know, Harold can't shoot. Ibaka's a solid shooter. 
and he's a much better defender, like a much, much better defender. So I think he helps them. I think they actually got better. And I know I'm a Paul George fan, so it might sound biased, but I think he's going to have a comeback season. But yeah, I mean, we can talk about that later on. But for number eight, I have the Nuggets, who actually beat the Clippers. But yeah, I just have the Nuggets. And the main reason I don't have them higher, I know it sounds kind of, it's not, you know, you guys may disagree with my reasoning, but it's honestly because they lost Jeremy Grant. And Jeremy Grant is a very versatile defender who can truly guard one through five. I mean, he had to guard Anthony Davis in the Western Conference Finals. But, um, yeah, they lost him. And now they need Michael Porter Jr. to fill that void. And Michael Porter Jr. is a terrible defender. So it's going to be interesting seeing Michael Porter Jr. alongside Jokic for both of them as here you know, starting front court defensively, which is going to be terrible <laughs> defensively. But I also think that Jamal Murray is going to have an incredible comeback season. Or not comeback season, a most improved season. So it's going to be interesting to see. But yeah, I have the Nuggets at eight. But, you know, I, I could definitely understand them being higher. Okay, so for number seven, that's where I have the Nuggets. And you explained um, almost everything, but I don't think um, Jer- yeah, losing Jeremy Grant is gonna affect them. Man, I have them at seven. We know Nikola Jokic. I consider him the best center in the league, and we saw what Jamal Murray can do. We saw what he did in the bubble. So I think they, the Nuggets, will want Murray to keep the same energy that he did during the playoffs. And losing Grant, I think also about Plumlee. Um, Tory Craig played um, good minutes for them last year in the playoffs. But uh, they also added Jamichael Green. And RJ Hampton also added to their depth. So I think um, they lost um, key players. They also added some um, not really good players, but some um, okay players. So just to improve their depth. So I think um, MPJ can have an amazing season. So I think they have a lot of players who can have amazing seasons um, this upcoming season. So hopefully, hopefully we see some great talent playing really good. And that's what happened in the seven. So for number seven, I have the Nuggets as well. And the reason is because they still have their their uh, great players in Jokic and Murray. And we saw how good they played in the playoffs. And I think Murray's going to have an incredible season this year, just seeing how he was in the bubble. I think, like Parham said, he'll be in the most improved player voting. But then... What was uh, negative for them is that they lost Grant, they lost Tom Lee, they lost Craig, so they got worse than they were last year. So I don't know if they can get to the Western Conference Finals again. Um. Yeah, for number seven, I have the Boston Celtics. And um, they lost Gordon Hayward, which we all know, and they also lost Brad Wanamaker who's, you know, they don't have much depth. We all know this, but um, they lost Gordon Hayward, who will give more opportunity to Tatum and Jalen Brown to continue to improve. And they also lost Brad Wanamaker. Now they don't have a reliable, you know, backup guard. And with Kemba's Walker health so much in question, because, you know, he's constantly hurt. And I believe he's 
injured right now. It's gonna be interesting to see. They got um they also got Enos Cantor, I believe. And so that's gonna be interesting. They also have actually no, they didn't get um Enos Cantor, sorry. They got Tristan Thompson. So um yeah. Um it is gonna be interesting. Again, I could understand them a little bit higher, but um yeah, that that's my number seven. So at number six, I have the Boston Celtics. And we already know the trio that they have, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker. Um, just having those three can put them uh, for a title contention. And um, adding Tristan Thompson is going to help their front court a lot. Uh, I think getting rid, of, uh, getting rid of Gordon Hayward, some people may think like it might not benefit them, but I feel like it just um, gives Jalen Brown more minutes. It may allow him, we might see him just improve a lot because of that. And I think if they can get some, a little scoring from the bench, if their bench can produce a little bit more than last season, I believe that uh, they have a chance of making the finals. Okay, for number six, I have the Brooklyn Nets. And the reason I have them here is because we don't really know how KD and Kyrie will be. So hopefully they can come back healthy. And if they do and they work well together, I think they can be higher on the list. And they can probably go deep in the playoffs. But watching them in the preseason today, they looked they looked great. They look like their former selves. So it'll be interesting to see in a couple of months how they will be, especially with Steve Nash as their new coach. But it just really depends on the health of this team. Look at the Clippers at eight and Nets at six. <laughs> Nets are better. <laughs> No, 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 who I'm has, not saying who that. Who has Paul George no, no. as their second option, please? <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying Nets are not better. I'm just saying, like, a lot, well, most people because they're a lot higher. Not a lot higher, but they're both, like, top five, so. um, But, yeah, for me, number six, I have the Mavs, the Dallas Mavericks, who you guys already mentioned. But um, the main concern for this team is health and more specific, Kristaps Porzingis' health because we all know he's not going to start the season. And, you know, right now we're hearing early, or like mid-January he'll be back, but that's still pretty scary because he's become pretty injury-prone recently. But, you know, like I predicted in our last episode, I think Luke is going to be MVP and I think he is going to, you know, carry this team and um, not sure if you guys know, they drafted one of the better shooters in the draft in Tyrell Terry to replace Seth Curry, um, who they traded to get a better defender in Jason Richardson or Josh Richardson, sorry. So um, they didn't have any, you know, major subtractions beside, I guess, Seth Curry, but they added a good defender for him. So it's going to be tough. And, you know, not only is it a similar team, but Luca's only going to get better, like, you know, we saw the jump that he made from his first to second year. You can only assume that he'll make a, you know, similar jump into his third year. So, yeah, I have him six with a good chance, in my opinion, to make the Western Conference Finals. Okay, so for my number five, that's where I have the Miami Heat. And last season, we saw how they made it to the finals. We saw the leadership of Jimmy Butler, saw the great um, performance of Bam Adebayo. Um, Tyler Hero uh, putting up numbers, Duncan Robinson being 
a great supporter um, helping the team. So I feel like um, they actually have, uh, have a decent bench as well. Um, Iguodala uh, is a great asset to that team. And um, the young players are just going to get better. So how they were last season, they're simply going to improve. And I think they're also in trade talks for uh, James Harden. So um, somehow the trade happens. Uh, I think it's unlikely, but if it happens, I mean, it'll put them I think, over the Celtics. Um, it'll put them over. I think I will, if that trade happens, I will put them higher than this. But just looking at the team now that they have, uh, it's an amazing team. Uh, they made it to the finals last season. And I think they're just going to get better because um, we know young players tend to get better. And under the leadership of Jimmy Butler, I think um, they can be one of the scariest teams in the league going into next season and have a great chance of making the finals. So for five, I have the Boston Celtics. And the thing about the Celtics is that they're a good young team. They have a good core of Jalen Brown, Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum. And now they added Tristan Thompson to their front court, which will make them even better. And we know that Jason Tatum took a big leap this year, and I think he will take another, like, this coming season. And he's he'll probably become, like, a star in this league. So we just need to see him lead them far. And hopefully Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker can play the same, if not better, than they did last year. And... Hopefully the Celtics will go far. Um, for me with the Celtics, I feel like both of you mentioned Tristan Thompson, but they still lost Gordon Hayward, who's a better player than Tristan Thompson. And they also lost um, Brad Wanamaker, who's their main bench player. And also Kemba Walker's injured right now, and we have no idea when he's going to come back. Gordon Hayward played like a liability on defense. Tristan Thompson isn't going to stretch the floor. For them, which is what they need. Well, that's um, right. I think getting rid of Gordon Hayward is just going to give more minutes to Brown, and we can see him develop also, more. You also lose more depth. That's the thing that this team struggled with depth. Now, you didn't add anyone at that forward or guard spot. You also lost your, you know, main backup guard. And um, also, I honestly think that when it comes down to close games, Daniel Tice will probably be a better option to close games just because he can space the floor. I feel like Tristan Thompson was not a bad move because you still add a solid rebounder, a solid defender. But I do think it was a overrated move, in my opinion. And you putting them over the nets, I understand it with the injury um, concerns. So in that sense, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. But at the same time, you still have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant along with other players. So, I mean, if Jason Tatum does take that next step, and if Jalen Brown also takes that next step, which is obviously possible, then yeah, I could see it. But I don't know if I'd put them in the top five as of right now, even though they made it to the conference finals last year. Yeah, but they they also had a high draft pick. They had the 14th pick, so the rookie they selected. Aaron Nesmith, however you say his name on your Aaron Nesmith. Aaron Nesmith. <laughs> I think he can like help fill the void a bit for losing. Yeah, he, he'll Wait, get good His name's Nesmith. Yeah, Aaron Nesmith. Didn't like Nesmith uh, made ba- uh, make basketball. Yeah. He's his son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's his son from the guy that was like fifty years old in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, number five, I, that's where I have the Clippers. And um, um, even though, yeah, they play like they blew a 3-1 lead, they still have Kawhi Leonard, a top five player in the league. And you still have Paul George. Yeah, he's the last two years or past two or three years. He's underperformed in the playoffs, but um, I personally still believe in Paul George, and I think he can make his way back to, you know, maybe not that MVP level that he played at um, two seasons ago, but I do still think that with the right coaching and the right um, mindset, you know, how he is mentally, because he talked about that. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for him, but, you know, he mentioned his mental health. But I will say that um, you still have Corlin, you still have um, Paul George. And I honestly think this team got better because they lost Montrez Harrell and they added Sergio Baca, who can spread the floor and he can defend two things he's way better at than um, uh, Montrez Harrell. And, um, you know, they didn't get that guard that they needed. But from what I've heard, Lou Will um, is on the trading block and they're going to try to look for a playmaker. And that's what, you know, the rumors are right now. So if they can somehow get that playmaker, they'll um, be a lot better. But I still can't really see them beating... um, you know, making it to the finals this year. And it's kind of just because we haven't seen the chemistry between them. And they didn't get anyone that could be a lead, like a vocal leader for them. You know, everyone was talking about Rondo. Rondo could have been that vocal leader, but they didn't get that. So I do think also Ty Lu helps them because he's a better coach, in my opinion, than Doc Rivers. So overall, I do think they got better, but I don't think it's enough to you know, become that, you know, true, well, I guess they are a true contender, but they aren't that favorite like they were last year. Yeah. So, yeah, at number four, that's where I have the Clippers. And you basically covered everything. And the reason I have them at four, because I also think, I think PG is going to step up. Um, I think um, every player, whenever they you know, have a bad performance or a bad season, they always try to improve their game. And I think PG will step up. And as you said, Adam, uh, he won't be back to his MVP form, but he won't be as bad as he was in the playoffs last season, I believe. He will be better. And Kawhi, we already know, superstar. And the addition of Serge Ibaka is uh, really, really huge for them. I think it can help them a lot on the defensive end and stretching the floor and on the offensive end. So um, that team can be scary if uh, their chemistry actually grows. I know in a year... It's hard to judge based on the based on last year, but if their chemistry actually uh, improved, which uh, it probably did, as if they've already spent a year, but I don't know if one year is enough for that. And uh, coaching staff also improved, but I don't think it's a huge improvement in terms of the coaching staff because Ty Lu was there with Doc Rivers as an assistant coach, and I think assistant coaches also have a say in uh, whatever plays are run and whatever happens. So it wouldn't make a huge difference. But I think if their players can step up or play um, to their expectations, I believe the Clippers can make a noise um, in the West. And 
I'm not. Sh- I don't. I don't think of them as a favorites as well as because um last season I had them as winners. I thought they would win, but I mean we all saw how it turned out. But I don't have them at the same level. But I feel like um if their chemistry issues work properly, if they can sign a leader or get a vocal leader um in the locker room, they can actually make a lot of noise in the West. So for number four, I have the Mavericks. And the thing about the Mavericks, just like the Nets, it really depends on their players' health. So like last year, when Porzingis went down, they like didn't play as well as they would have without with him in, obviously. But they still put up a good fight against the Clippers last year. And they honestly could have shocked a lot of people and maybe even beat them. And another reason for them being a number four is they had the best offense of all time last year with Luka leading them, and he's only going to get better. And a lot of people are expecting an MVP type of season from him. So I think he can lead them and pr- probably be a top team next next season. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, um, I feel like with the Mavs, people are either underrating them or they're being really, you know, high on them. Because I've seen people say that they're, you know, going to be like a fifth seed, which is kind of, you know, crazy to me. But moving on to my number four, this is where I have the Brooklyn Nets. And um, this team is, you know, when you look at their roster, they're probably the, they have probably have the best roster on paper, which is what the Clippers had last year. They're the best roster on paper and, you know, the Clippers may still have that. Actually, I, I forgot about some other signings, but, you know, the Nets have arguably the best roster in the season on paper. But at the same time, you think about Kyrie Irving and him being injury prone, that's very scary. And KD coming off an Achilles, I, I know he looked great today in his first preseason game, but you still have to wait a bit. And then... It's going to be interesting to see how Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, and Karis LeVert all play into this, you know, because they're obviously going to get a lot less shots. They're not going to be able to, you know, be that, well, not Joe Harris, but Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert, they're, you know, pretty ball-dominant guys. They they like to have the ball in their hands. It's just going to be interesting to see. Uh, Kyrie was incredible today, but I don't really expect anything less than that from Kyrie. Kyrie, when he's on the court, he's one of the best players in the league, but what takes his standing down is his off-the-court issues, you know, his injuries, like I already mentioned, and some of the stuff he says. So if Kyrie's able to, you know, I know he's never shown any signs of it, but if he's able to be a good leader or a solid leader, this team can go far. But as of now, I just have them fourth, but they could easily be top two, maybe even one by the end of the season. And they could, you know, very easily win the championship, in my opinion. Yeah, so for my number three, um, I have the Brooklyn Nets. And that's a team I have really, really, really high expectations from. I really hope that they make it far in the playoffs and actually uh, win the championship. Um, as you said, they have the best roster on paper. I think, and if, as we saw today, how KD and Kyrie played, and that was just um, their first game, KD's first game after two years, just, um, he's just going to get better. And if they can return to their old self, so if you pair KD and Kyrie with Dinwiddie, Levert, 
Jordan, Allen. I think it's an amazing team, and they have really high chances of actually making it far. But it's just the health concerns. If they can stay healthy, if KD and Kyrie, the two superstars, can stay healthy, I think that team will win the final. If they, if all of them can stay, but it's just their health concerns that um makes me uh, put them at three and not higher. But if I was confident, like let's say if this was a perfect world and I was confident that they would stay healthy, I would have them winning the championship. Okay, so for number three, I have the Miami Heat. And for the Miami Heat, they had a great season last year. They surprised a lot of people. And they still have their they still have their core players. They didn't really lose anyone. They also re-signed Bam Adebayo to a long-term extension. And as long as they can play like they did last year, we saw how hardworking all their players are. The work ethic of guys like Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler. I think they can make make a run for the finals again. And their players are only going to get better since they're all pretty young. Like, Bam's only, like, 23. Harold's only 20. So, yeah. Yeah, at number three, I also have the Heat. And um, uh, pretty much what you just said, but I also want to add on that. They did lose some decent players. <clears throat> they lost Derek Jones Jr. and they also lost Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder was a starter for them. So, it's going to be you know, interesting to see, but they also re-signed Goran Dragic, and they um gave Bam Adebayo the extension that he deserves. So, um, but the reason that I still have them this high is because they're a team similar to the Lakers, where they have incredible chemistry. But this team is also better in the playoffs than they are in the regular season. So, don't expect them to be, you know, a two seed or a three seed in the East. You know, they could. Be a, maybe a three seed, but you know I personally have the Nets having a better regular season. But and um, when it comes to the East, um, over these top three teams, um, the Nets, Heat, and then eventually we'll get into the Bucks. I honestly think it's all based on matchups. So for me personally, ranking the those three teams it is very difficult because it's just. In my personal opinion, as of right now, I think if the Heat and Nets were to play in the playoffs, I think the Nets would win. But if the Bucks and Nets were to play, I think the Bucks would win. And if the Bucks and Heat were to play, I think the Heat would win. So it's all just a game of matchups and how um the playoffs um uh stand uh, standings play out. So um yeah, but there's there's not much to say about the Heat. Guau pretty much covered it. They're gonna get better. They have three very very good young players who are all going to get better. Bam's going to, I think, have an incredible jump. I think Hero's going to be a reliable shot creator throughout the entire year. So, yeah, other than he at three. So, for number two, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Bucks improved uh, this offseason by adding Drew Holiday to the team, one of the best, if not the best, uh, defender in the league in terms of guards. And I think uh, they lost on um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Like, if they could get him, uh, that would have just made them the favorites for me, personally, because he would have added um, shooting to that team. I added, like, another uh, 20, 21 points per game star. But with the Bucks, I actually um, – I don't even know why I don't trust them much in the playoffs. Like, they can win 70 games in the regular season, and I still wouldn't be sure about them making the finals. 
because uh, we've seen how what happens to them in the playoffs. We've seen what happens to Giannis in the playoffs, or, or mid, whether it be middle, Middleton or Giannis. There's some games that they just don't show up in, or some games that they get completely shut down. So that's why I'm not too sure about them being really high. But in terms of all the other teams in the East, as I said, if Nets health wasn't a problem, I would have them higher. But since the Nets are uh, uh, health is a big problem, that's the only reason I have the Bucks at two. I'm just not a believer in the Bucks in terms uh, when it comes to the playoffs. Yeah, I also have the Bucks at two, and you pretty much said everything I was gonna say. It's like they've been pre- kind of disappointing in the playoffs last season, and I think as long as their players can step up, like Chris Middleton, and then they also got Drew Holiday, I think he'll be a great addition on that team with his defense and scoring. And if Giannis can play like himself, then yeah, they can probably go to the finals, but this is probably their last chance to do it because I think if they don't go to the finals, then Giannis is going to leave them in free agency. Yeah, I mean, I also have the Bucks. I think I expected our top two to be the same. Um, And yeah, you can both be pretty much at, like said everything. But... I do think this is going to be their best team, if I'm being honest, because you added Drew Holiday, who in my opinion is the best perimeter defender in the league, and you add him onto the best defense in the league by far last season. And he's just going to, you know, increase that, you know, significantly in my opinion. And you also get a shot creator. Chris Melton is a great player, but I don't think he's in a, you know, I don't think he's an elite shot creator. And I don't think he's a, reliable second option. I think Drew Holiday also would be better as a third option. But now you have two guys that are third options. I think Drew Holiday could be that, you know, he could be a, he's an underrated playmaker. He's an underrated shot creator. So I think that'll help. And, you know, you guys talked about Giannis being, you know, underperforming in the playoffs. I personally disagree with that. I think he does the same thing he does. It's just the team around him fails to, you know, they don't have a shot creator. So they can't help him. Um, and teams focus more on him, so it's tough. And that Bucks team wasn't great shooting wise, like they were in previous years, so it was tough for him. But I think this is gonna be the best Bucks team that we've seen, and I think it's gonna be the best version of Giannis. And if I had to make a prediction, I would predict that the Bucks go to the finals this year. Okay, so from a number one, pretty obvious, I have the Lakers. I mean, there's not much to say. Many people consider LeBron and AD the top one and two in the league, so you have the two best players in the league on the same team. Obviously, that's a simple finals appearance. I believe um, the Clippers can put up a fight, or there are other teams in the West that can put up a fight. Uh, um, as I said before, for the other teams, it's going to be super difficult to beat this team. Um, they also improved a lot this offseason and the additions that they got actually will help them really a lot in the playoffs and I think they're an even better team from last year. Losing Rondo may affect them a little or Dwight Howard also played a big role so losing him may affect a little but I don't think it will make a huge difference. I think they also added Mark Gasol if I'm not wrong. Yeah they did. Yeah that can cover up for Dwight Howard so just a better team than last year. So, yeah, I have them winning the championship. Yeah, I agree with you for the Lakers. I also have them at number one. And 
the thing is they have two top five players in the league in LeBron and AD and they just signed AD for long term and although they lost Rondo Howard and McGee they still added Wesley Matthews they added Schroeder and Harrell so in my opinion they improved and I think this season we'll see um, Kyle Kuzma improve as well so I think the best team in the league just got even better and they have the best player in the world in LeBron so I can't see anyone beating this Lakers team in a seven-game series. Yeah, I fully agree with everything both of you guys said. Um, when you look back in the history of the NBA and you see a team with, you know, two of the five best players or two of the, you know, few superstars in the league, that team almost never loses. And um, you also have, alongside that, you added the two, the top two six-man-of-the-year candidates from last year, the winner in Montrezl Harrell in the runner-up and Dennis Schroeder. And then you also got Marc Gasol, who's going to be a good defensive presence for them. So, I mean, yeah, both of you guys said it. They're the best team in the league last year. They got better. And um, Shubham, you mentioned that the Clippers and other teams can put up a fight. I would honestly say, I think from 9, 10, and 11, we all had the Trailblazers, 76ers, and Warriors, right? In a different order. I think any of those top 11 teams, I think any of them could genuinely make the conference finals in their respective conference. You know, those five teams in the East and those With six Blazers? teams. I, I think they could make the Western Conference Finals. You know, you, you look at that team. I know we're going backwards now, but that's the best team. Or this is going to be the best team Dame's ever had, the best Trailblazers team we've seen. Is yeah, it the I mean, same team plus uh, Jay Crowder? They didn't get Jay Crowder. They got um. Robert Covington. Robert Covington. Yes. Yeah, they got Robert Covington. They also got um. Uh. And his counter. Right? Uh, Derek Jones Jr. No, they they got rid of uh, Enes Kanter. Oh. Okay. I believe. I believe. I may be wrong on that, but yeah. And then this is also the first year that. Um, you know, last year, Yusuf Nurkic was out all year until the bubble, right? So, and he was out then, and he looked great. You can only expect him to get better coming off that injury, that broken leg. So, mm-hmm. Yusuf Nurkic is going to be better. I think Dame's going to have an MVP caliber season. You're going to have CJ, who's going to be a reliable guy. And I personally think Nurkic is going to become the second best player over CJ. And then you also have Gary Trent Jr., who's probably going to get better. And um, Robert Covington's reliable. Carmelo Anthony off your bench. Derek Jones Jr. So yeah, I, I do think they can make a Western Conference Finals or any of those top eleven teams. I think have a good shot. And you can maybe even argue the Suns. I, I don't think they will, but it's possible. But yeah, those top eleven teams mainly. So yeah, um, I do think the Lakers are the clear favorites. But those teams. Those um five other teams in the West could give some uh entertaining matchup. But um Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anything can happen this season. Yeah. I mean, who knows, maybe the Nets come back, KD, Kyrie come back, they're the best two in the league somehow. And they surprise everyone, maybe the Bucks or you know, Drew Holiday is a perfect second option for him. And maybe the Clippers are what we thought they were going to be last year. 
So you never really. Uh, the Bucks are not making the finals. Who do you think is making the finals? Then? I mean, I, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Like I said before, I think it's pure matchups. If the Bucks have to face Miami, then yeah, I, I think they'll. I think they'll lose to Miami. Mm-hmm. But and then if but, Miami plays against the Nets, I think Miami will lose to the Nets. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But if, um, if Miami and Brooklyn face each other in the first or second round, I think Brooklyn wins that. Mm-hmm. But I think Milwaukee beats Brooklyn. I think they lose to Miami, but I think they beat Brooklyn. So it's all just matchups, because Bro- Brooklyn has no one, literally no one, to stop Giannis. Like who who are you gonna put on Giannis? Mm-hmm, that's true. So yeah, and then you also have a very good defense and. Um, Brooklyn can be offensive powerhouse, man. They yeah, they will be. They will be. But um, Kyrie is a guy that he can shoot threes, but he likes driving to the basket. And Milwaukee's interior defense is like no other team in the league. Like they they, they let teams or last year they let teams shoot threes, and you know they just protected the paint. And Kyrie, when he played against them. I believe in the 2019 playoffs, he played horrendous. And he's my favorite player. He played terrible. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see so, like, yeah. Drew Holiday guarding Kyrie and then Giannis guarding KD. Yeah, it's going to be, be very some pretty interesting. Cool Giannis matchups. and KD matchup before, I think. I mean, in the regular season. It hasn't made a difference to KD's game. Yeah, K- KD, like, uh, no one can really guard KD, but at the same time, no one can yeah, guard Giannis true. at the same time. Like, no one can one-on-one guard either of those guys. The Nets will have to pay attention fully. Like, you're gonna have to throw KD on him, Jared Allen, DeAndre Jordan. Like, all those guys are gonna have to be focusing on him. And even then, they don't have a full proper rim protector. Like, well, actually, no, they do have Jared Allen, who's a good rim protector, but they don't have enough guys to, you know, build that wall that Miami so good at, that Toronto so good at. But we'll wait and see, cause, you know, trades can still happen. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking forward to the first day of the proper regular season. I think. I next. think my Miami's also the front runner for Harden, aren't they? Yeah, right now they're the front runner. I mean, if Miami gets Harden and they keep Jimmy and Bam, I think. Yeah, they, Miami. I, I think they go finals. I think they beat Brooklyn. I think they beat um, Milwaukee. And maybe even. Yeah, true, but I think they'd have to give up. Arrow and like Robinson. Yeah. I saw some place say that they they could give a, a nun and a hero for and picks. So who knows? But yeah, the season's definitely gonna be interesting. I think it's gonna be the best season since like twenty sixteen. Like there's yeah. so much that can happen. If, if no injuries happen, everything mm-hmm. is good. I mean, if this year didn't get messed up by COVID, I think this could have been like one of the best years. It still was super entertaining, though. Uh, don't get me wrong, but you know, this some, year didn't have this didn't have the Warriors yeah, Nets. So. It didn't have the Warriors and Nets, but I mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, that clay injury is still really annoying, though. Mm-hmm. So I, it, clay was I I'll clean. say this: if Clay was healthy, I personally had the Warriors number two. No, I had the Warriors number two just because you have the greatest um, shooting back like duo ever and and Clay's gonna make a big difference in my opinion but yeah if he was healthy I think they'd be 
maybe not second, maybe third. Like dumb in Milwaukee would be close. Fourth makes sense. I, I think dumb in Milwaukee would be close. Five, for sure. Yeah, I think there would be there'd be no. I think they'd be the clear, um, second best team in the West for me. Oh, even though Dallas and Clippers are great, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Nuggets, I think that the Warriors would be the clear second best team in the West, and I think that a matchup would be really entertaining in the conference finals, hopefully, if that was to happen. But it still can happen without Clay, but um, just won't be as competitive. But, um, yeah, I think that pretty much concludes our third episode. I think this one went a little bit longer than the others, but we got through all 30 teams. And, um, yeah, if you guys want to add anything. No, I think we pretty much covered everything. Yeah. Shua, do you want to say anything? No, I think we covered everything. All right. So I'm done. <laughs> that was a great third episode. And um, yeah, we'll see you all later. Peace. Peace. See you guys next week. <laughs>